Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up here later in the show, we've got a very special guest to talk about the impact, the impact to you and your family now that a judge has shut down the Dakota Access Pipelines. What could this really ultimately mean for you and, of course, the great state of North Dakota? So be sure and stay with us for that. Then earlier today, I had a chance to sit down and visit with freedom-loving South Dakota Governor Christy Nome about the incredible event she put on at Mount Rushmore with President Trump to celebrate our nation's independence. We also talked about her highlight of the event. Very interesting what she had to say there. Also, we got her point of view on why people want to erase, erase our nation's great history. We talked about reopening schools. And I asked her this, which I think is so important right now. What does she think makes a great leader? How does she define leadership? Here's our outstanding conversation. So please enjoy. Well, we've been working on this event for the last year and a half. In fact, the first time I mentioned it to the president was right after I got elected as governor. I hadn't even been sworn in yet into office. Uh, and I went into the cabinet room at the White House to have a meeting with him and new governors and uh, had several asks of him. But the last one was, Mr. President, could you ever help us get our fireworks back at Mount Rushmore? Um, we lost them during the Obama administration and uh, really wanted this opportunity to showcase uh, South Dakota, our national monument, and show our patriotism and love for America. So he grabbed a hold of it right away, and it started a process of working with the Department of Interior, the National Park Service, and the White House to facilitate getting this event back. And when the president committed to come and give a speech as well, that was kind of the icing on the cake. We, we recognize the great honor it is to have a president visit a state uh, and to do it on July 3rd um, to in such a, a national moment of unity was really special for us. Well, it was such a just incredibly patriotic event. I mean, it, there was no way you could not not be moved by it. So I'm curious because there were so many amazing things. As you look back on the event, what, what was your highlight of it? You know, for me, I would say the flyovers, um, you know, watching our military men and women display um, their skill and their service and then have people recognize the specialness of that i think really kind of overwhelmed me and then i turned to my husband uh, brian when the fireworks were actually going off and i said i can't believe we're doing fireworks just because <laughs> we ran into so many different roadblocks and bureaucracy along the way that it was just pretty special to actually be uh, sitting there on stage watching the fireworks go off again and recognizing that the whole world had its eyes on South Dakota. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming you're almost like, can you just pinch me, please, to make sure this is really happening? Yeah. Um, I, I got to ask this. I know you were asked this yesterday, but my phone was going nuts after your speech going, was this Christy Gnome's 2024 audition? What's your response to them? No, I, I love South Dakota. So I spent eight years in South in uh, DC in Congress and worked very hard to be able to come back home to South Dakota. So no, it was um, a special, special night, but I, I love being here with my family and, and in this state. So I got to assume, because you rode back with the president on Air Force One, he had mentioned during that speech about his new uh, National Garden of American Heroes. Were you lobbying him to get that garden in South Dakota? I actually did. I also asked him for a missile. He said, boy, not many governors ask me for fireworks and missiles. <laughs> but um, we have a Minuteman missile uh, museum. And I said, you know, nobody knows what that building is when they drive by. I said, I would love to have 
an old missile to display in front of it so people know what it is. But yes, I did. And we talked a lot about his um, garden of monuments and his vision for it. He really is passionate about it. So it's going to happen. So do you, are you okay? Maybe we split it on the North Dakota, South Dakota border. We can have it in both states. You know, I talked to him quite a bit about it, but he's determined it's going to be in Washington, D.C. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for that tip. Yeah, um, so that's what he said. Anything else you can share with us about the conversation on Air Force One? Well, we, we talked a lot about South Dakota. We talked about our economy, how we had been hit by the virus, how we were doing so well. Uh, we've had a very low number of job losses, our, our very low amount of unemployment uh, that even though we didn't shelter in place, we didn't um, issue that businesses had to close, that we're still keeping uh, the spread under control, keeping people out of the hospital and allowing people to put food on the table and a roof over their heads. So we talked a lot about that. And then I spent the time uh, with the secretary as well. Yeah, I want to talk about a great job you've done with COVID in a, in a moment, but also any, any conversation, and you know this from, from growing up on a farm and ranching, and you know the challenges that our ranchers are having right now, any conversation about putting more money in our ranchers' pockets or any details on the US, USDA investigation that may have, you may have garnered? Well, Sonny Purdue's a good friend of mine. I've known him for over 20 years. He actually has come hunting on our place in South Dakota back before he was ever in the administration. So he and I have talked extensively about that. And, and the, the president's heart is with farmers uh, and ranchers. He, he thinks about them every day. He loves them. Um, and so he's more than willing to help us. I think some of the discussions that need to happen in Congress is about the Packer situation and how that's impacting our livestock owners and um, also making sure that our agriculture industry has the opportunity to come through this situation and survive as well. And we saw them recognize the importance of that by protecting our nation's food infrastructure during the COVID-19 virus spread throughout the state. You know, we all have had uh, and recognize the need to keep those supply chains moving. You know, you mentioned about the outstanding job that you're doing with COVID-19, uh, the conversation you had on Air Force One. One of the things I'd like you to share with people is <clears throat> when I watch you, you seem very humble and just, look, I just want to give people more freedom, not less. And yet there's a lot of elected leaders right now, whether they're governors or mayors or whatnot, that they seem to almost thrive on power or control um, what, what would you say to those people that are trying to usurp more power, which clearly I don't get the sense that you are at all? No, I would say that that's dangerous. Um, um, and I've always, from the time I was little, uh, had my parents telling me to be careful of a leader who wants too much power or why they want a position. If it is for power, then that's probably somebody who shouldn't be in that job. But, but folks, um, they need to consult their um, attorneys, constitutional authorities, look at the oath that they took before they got into those roles as governor um, in leadership positions, because the authorities that we have are clearly defined, what we can do and can't do, and we should respect that. So I have a very high regard for the rule of law, what my authorities are, and I also recognize that I can trust people, that if I give people the facts and, and honest feedback, that I should trust them to make the best decisions for them and their families. And overwhelmingly, I think the people appreciated that in South Dakota. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why they took the virus seriously, took action for their families and why we're doing so well today. Yeah, and thank you for so basic what you said. I hope more people will listen to what you're saying about trust, trust us because we want obviously our families to be healthy as well and not put anybody at risk or in danger. Um, you mentioned President Trump being very passionate about his uh, 
national monument of heroes. And yet we see this movement right now where they're trying to you know, erase our history. What do you think is behind that? It, just, I, it seems to me like we should be learning from our history and not trying to erase it. Why do you think they're trying to erase it? And what are they trying to accomplish? Well, it's a political agenda. Um, they're trying to rewrite our nation's history and they're doing it with an objective to destroy the foundation that this country was established on. So I think we need to clearly say that boldly to the public that this is not um, about equality anymore. This is about a radical agenda to change our country and the values that we hold so dear. Um, and uh, it's gonna be a battle, I think, but we're gonna need leaders to recognize that, step up and to really help educate the public on what's happening uh, with some of these discussions that are in different parts of the country. Yeah, you also, I know yesterday on Fox News said, hey, our schools are gonna be open. Again, thank you for standing for freedom and, and choice. Uh, what makes you so confident are you gonna be able to get that done by the fall? Well, I've talked to all my school districts and they can make it happen. And they believe it's the right thing to do too. And I'm gonna give them the flexibility they need for it to look a little different in each district based on the buildings that they have, the demographics that they had, what they can facilitate and they can't. Some of them will be back to normal as usual. Some will be uh, maybe a different type of schedule, smaller class sizes. But I think we've all recognized that throughout this pandemic, we've lost track of about 20, possibly 30% of our students that just didn't even once check in. Their parents didn't call a teacher, an administrator didn't do any homework, didn't complete any educational lessons, and that's alarming. Um, so we need to make sure that, unfortunately, many times our teachers and administrators are the first ones that can see that something's not going well at home for a child, and the first ones to be able to offer somewhat of a support system to come alongside them and help them be successful. So. Um, you know, that really is important and we're recognizing there's a well-rounded approach we can take and do this safely, but still make sure that we're taking care of our kiddos in the best way possible. Um, when I was in Rapid City for your incredible event, I went over by, there was a, like a little church by some of the presidential statues and I was sitting there and three Native Americans were nearby there and, and they were walking by me and I said, hey, how are you guys doing? And one of them just looked at me and the only thing they said to me was land back, land back. And I just want to get your your reaction to that, and and what can you as governor be doing to, you know, unite your Native American brothers and sisters in your state with with what else is happening? Well, I've been in in a, a public office role now for ten years uh, in South Dakota, and uh, and we've been having constant conversations with our tribal leaders, folks in the community and recognizing that there's a lot of history there, but we have all kinds of opportunity to have reconciliation and to work together in the future for the betterment of our people. And, and so that I have great relationships with so many of our tribal members. Um, and that if we can find ways to work on different areas, we certainly can. Um, I think that what you saw reflected in, in some of those folks may not be the majority of the opinion, um, I know that there's a lot of discussion and debate that will always be in place over the Black Hills, uh, but every day the state of South Dakota is working well with our tribes on uh, tax compacts, delivery of healthcare, education systems, um, helping them with meth treatment, with um, counseling services, child protective services, law enforcement agreements, memorandums of understanding. And unfortunately in the media, that's those, those agreements and that cooperation never gets told. Uh, and instead we focus on the disagreements, which I think is unfortunate because it doesn't tell the story about the relationship we really do have with our tribes. Thank you for that. Last question, Governor. I know you're, you're on, on a time uh, crunch, if you will. And so let's say that you were speaking to a classroom of, of high school students right now. 
I think, in my opinion, leadership right now is such an important quality and trait that we need in our country. So if you were to say to a group of high school students, hey, this is how I would define leadership. This is what I think makes a great leader. What would you say to them? You know, I would tell them that there's certain qualities that you need to have to be a leader. You should um, be willing to be truthful with people, have integrity, but then also follow the principles of that speech that I spoke of at Mount Rushmore, the man in the arena. Um, that you need to be in the arena working to solve problems, be somebody who's striving to do great things and be okay if you fail because there is always failure in, in our approach to trying to get things done, but, but not necessarily um, quit after that. That the virtue and the value comes in people who always work every day and get up trying to make this country a better place for our kids and our grandkids. Great stuff there with Governor Christine Nome. So thank you to her for her time. Really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you did as well. And stay with us. Coming up, we've got a very special guest, Frank Macurola, the Senior Vice President of Policy, Economics, and Regulatory Affairs at the American Petroleum Institute. We're going to talk about what does the shutdown of DAPL mean for you and your family and much, much more. As always, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. Love to know your thoughts, your point of view there on Governor Nome. Stick around. we got much more coming up right after this. 702 Communications, keeping you connected.